0: live
1: aren't
0: we yeah we are so this is the pilot episode yes, the, pilot epi- the, the pilot episode <laughs> of coffee and chat
1: yes where we coffee and chat with james and Willem. Coffee
0: and coming with james and yeah, we are taking apart yeah we should take a sip of coffee at that moment take we are taking apart the challenges facing young people and this i feel like i should give the origin story just as a little intro basically. sure what
1: do you think? So the, I think so too, because I'm barely, I'm, I'm not sure. You have more in mind about what this is than I do.
0: I don't. I'm making it up as I go along, honestly. Well, you Most have well. an origin
1: story. Go ahead. Just.
0: Well, the origin story is I'm a teacher and I teach a group of students who have to have a marketing brief and they have to build and write a whole marketing project and campaign. And this particular campaign is about tabletop gaming. Yeah and they're researching it. So I thought, hang on, Willem is super into tabletop gaming and marketing. What a perfect combination. So I thought we'll record a Zoom call and give it to my students. And that's what we did last week, except it was so great, such a great conversation. We thought, well, let's let's do it live. And what I realized is underneath it all, we both have a commitment to making a difference to young people because we're old, right?
1: I guess. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Generation X, Gen Xers. Well, I mean, I a think proud I'm Gen a,
1: Xer for sure.
0: Yeah. So, but the the world has changed, and like as a teacher, I know I want to make a difference with young people and helping them negotiate the way the world is. And the the other thing that strikes me, this is what you say about villain. Inks, he plays, and. Is that the way his ideas go all over the shop and all over the place? Is like one of my lessons. So it's that's that was that's what was so great about the conversation last week. We covered so much, but within this kind of vague topic of tabletop gaming. So yeah,
1: yeah.
0: And I've been a teacher for sixteen years. Oh my god! And before that, I worked in media planning actually as a data planning analyst and. One of my old bosses knows you, Willem. So why don't
1: you introduce yourself, say a
0: bit about you and yeah, sure. the version of that origin
1: story. Yeah, so my name is Willem Vanderhorst. Oh, yeah, we didn't change our name. It doesn't matter. It's just our names. It's fine. Um, my name is Willem Vanderhorst. I am, uh, by title, as James was saying, I work in marketing and advertising and branding as a brand strategist. Um, so I call myself a playful brand strategy consultant. Playful strategy is the, the thing I'm working on to develop. Uh, And the idea there, well, first what the job is. So, well, let's see, (laughs) I'm already going on tangents. Um, I have an international background. I was born in the States. I grew up in France. I am in Paris right now, where I moved back to last year, after 15 years abroad. I've had the chance of working with some of the largest uh, advertising agencies on some big global brands Mm. uh, in Europe, uh, based in London, in Asia, based in Singapore. Uh, I've also done the thing of traveling and working at the same time. So I spent like two years in Southeast Asia, a season in a scuba diving island, working mostly with small to medium companies and startups from my laptop. Uh, I have spent the last three years in the States. uh, And so I got the chance of also working on brands over there. So I went big brands, like, you know, a lot of the stuff that you can find in a supermarket Uh, Anything from mosquito products to shampoos to Magnum ice cream, uh, cars, like, you know, so that's companies like Procter and Gamble, Unilever, Mm -hmm. um, SC Johnson. I've had the chance of working on Toyota and Lexus and all sorts of stuff. Um, And now I am working as a consultant, mostly developing. I I either freelance with agencies in the same capacity that I worked uh, as a full-time employee before, and I'm also slowly working on developing workshop and co- workshops and content to help businesses work out what their brand is about or how to communicate with their audience or work out who their audience is. And that is a lot of the the kind of job is to act as a as an advisor um, with a lot of questions, problems, challenges, and opportunities businesses face. it's It's pretty wide reaching and a little bit vague, but I guess we'll just jump into a few different specific things as we go.
0: Yeah, because the, the other Oh, yeah, thing- and I have a
1: podcast, and this is also new. My podcast and my business is called Ice Cream for Everyone, by the way. Uh, so you can go check out the podcast in which I talk to game designers and creative people in the creative marketing uh, industry and people who do my job as well in strategy to find out a little bit more and really like dig in to their stories, the behind the scenes of who they are and how they got to where they are rather than necessarily any kind of advice. Uh, so, so that's what it's about. And I'm just about to publish a new episode and I'm working on a new series. And some of the stuff I'm passionate about is, is what you just said is tabletop gaming, but board games and role-playing mm-hmm. games in particular. Uh, and, I, and I want to somehow keep working out how to mesh and introduce my love for role-playing games to people who work in creative industries, marketing and advertising. Uh, and communications at large, and introduce more people to tabletop gaming. Basically,
0: I, I, I didn't basic, actually know that. All, was but what, yeah, no, I didn't actually know that was the 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 meshing of the two areas was the the, what the podcast was about. So yeah, the, I, just the other thing, that, I
1: just wrote that this week.
0: <laughs> oh, <laughs> that's how it goes because this conversation is focusing more on questions because the the young people this week at school. I asked all my classes, I said, so what questions do you have about the future, about the, the life you think is, what life is going to look like in the future for getting a job, going to uni, like this whole thing, given that circumstances at the moment are so challenging and interesting, and I don't know what to say about that, just challenging and interesting, I think, covers it. So I asked my classes this week, what questions do you have? And I made a list of all the questions. And How old
1: are your students again?
0: They're, so they're, these guys are the older ones. I asked them, so the youngest is probably 14, 15, Okay. 15, cool. 16. So they're doing their GCSEs in the UK, their exams then, or they're about to do their A-levels, or they would have been about to their GCSEs and A-levels. Some of them are going to uni next year. And I asked them, what questions do you have? Yeah, Explain to them that I'd be asking my friend Willem and we'd be having a conversation about it and putting it as a live stream for them to watch if they're even awake on a (laughs) Sunday morning, (laughs) which I doubt because the other thing that led me to do this was some of my students have found my YouTube channel so they can see the other stuff. I haven't posted it for years, So I thought, okay, let me, I've been looking for some way of using YouTube to communicate some of my ideas to students beyond the classroom because Tangents are really good for me. My lessons go on tangents so much. I feel quite constrained by having to teach business or psychology or geography. So I've got these, all these questions. So, and Villain doesn't know what the question
1: is. No, I don't know at all, I see.
0: <laughs> But it's honestly, this question I'm about to ask came from a student. Okay. I think they're about 15 or 16 and it's so perfect what we're starting with. So the question is,
1: What's the biggest threat to jobs? What's the
0: biggest <laughs> threat to jobs? Yes, isn't that just a great question? They literally it's ask. A great question.
1: That question. Okay. Um, what do you think?
0: Because I have a quick answer.
1: I have a quick answer, and the wow, well, there's a, the quick answer. So I don't think there is a quick answer, and it's very complicated, complex for sure. But where I want to go immediately is uh, is a person I really like and to go to his kind of thoughts, and it's that's Yuval oh, Noah Harari, Professor yep. Harari. Uh, and his book Sapiens. And I and you can find his talks everywhere, but I just finished mm. 21 lessons for the 21st century. And I and I think the biggest threat to jobs is uh automization and irrelevance. Just,
0: irrelevance.
1: Just well, the biggest you could take that questions in many different ways, right? Yeah. The first one that I'd like to pull apart is why jobs? It's like, why would you be concerned whether there are jobs and why would you okay. be concerned whether they're under threat? Unless you already have one and you've already had one for a while and you don't particularly mm-hmm. want to lose it, which is understandable. And in the case of a lot of different people, and there's a lot of people that have had to face losing it right now, uh, or the other case is you have a very big company with a lot of jobs and you need people to to do those. But you are also the first person or the first committee or board interested in who can get it done by robots. Awesome. But well, that's a young person. See, that's
0: interesting. So it's yeah. a younger person thinking, oh, okay, I have to go to school, yeah. maybe go to uni, then yeah. get a job. That's
1: yeah. how you do life. That's, that's just how you do life. I mean, that's that. I've not been, I wasn't raised that way. But really it right? is, tep- well, no, not particularly, <laughs> not
0: really. I was, I had to go to uni, there was no choice. I was expected to go to university and get a job, get a mortgage, get married, have children, that's how no, you do
1: that. I mean, it's not that, I, it's not that that didn't exist and I wasn't aware that there are jobs, yeah, yeah, that's no, not no. what I mean, right? Yeah. But I did not have, uh, I, I wasn't, that wasn't the, the norm that I, I grew up in, even though I know that it exists and I know that it exists for a lot of people. Uh, but that norm is changing very, very fast. Yeah. And the biggest threat to, to another, so the automization is one for sure. Mm-hmm. Um, just a lot of jobs either going into irrelevance. Uh, and that's another thing that I'm, I'm kind of repeating what Harari says, but, um, or, or just paraphrasing. But another one is, the, there's another threat to the idea of there being a job for a whole career or a whole like half a lifetime or whatever. Uh, And that's a number of factors that go into that. One of them is the general um, uh, expectation of age is just growing a lot. We're we're just growing a lot older and changes are going to change. One thing that is almost certain is change is only going to be accelerating. Unexpected uh, crises are only going to be accelerating and that's going to change a lot of different things. So whatever job you have. Is, gonna, is probably almost necessarily going to change. You can't expect it to stay this way. Uh, and even just being able to think about that and to say that is a privilege, uh, which is also something that I have a hard time wrapping my head around because I'm in the midst of the whole privilege as a general white guy in a nice neighborhood of Paris.
0: Yeah, yeah. Um, well, yeah, we're having this conversation. We get to use the internet and we get to talk about all this stuff. the this, the principal at my school talks a lot about I can't I'm probably gonna misquote it, but and he'll get annoyed with me, mm-hmm. or my deputy head will, or one of my colleagues will. 80% of the jobs that people will be doing in 10 years' time don't even need now, or 20 years time don't even that, Something yes. like that. I don't know what it is.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Of course, there's been updated stats of, along the lines, but for sure. And so that's one of the biggest challenges to the whole to you, but to the whole education system overall is how do we train and how do you teach and how do you train people for jobs that don't exist and you have no idea what they are. Mm. And again, that's another reason why uh, I think just as vast and general skills, not skills, thinking, just learning (laughs) to think about as broad a problem as you can is going to be some of the most useful things to learn. And, And that means going back to, not going back, I don't know, but going to creativity going to Mm -hmm. wider skills around psychology and sociology and philosophy i think um rather Mm -hmm. than Mm -hmm. trying to so for example in a business class
0: yeah
1: and i don't know exactly how you teach but say this brief that we were just talking about yeah yeah. how does a company communicate their product that's the thing that changes constantly but the principles Mm -hmm. of how you communicate and how you figure out what you don't change that much what might change is there's tomorrow's maybe tomorrow's TikTok is the way to sell, but that, but how to think about what your message is probably won't change all that much.
0: See, there's in teaching that there's a group at the risk of sounding simplistic again and sure. reductive,
1: but we we have to anyway. Yeah. Also, because so the, I'm not that, I I mean, I, I know stuff, but I'm not an expert in any kind of way. I'm more of a jack of all trades <laughs> um. everywhere. So.
0: But That's exactly how I feel. Again, slight aside before I say, make my point. I feel like a jack of all trades and master of none because I teach three different subjects. <laughs> and I thought you taught two. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, this year I'm teaching the younger ones geography. I okay. teach the older ones business, uh, the older ones business, and then the old, the really older ones psychology. And I, I love the, the mixing together of ideas.
1: I barely and, dare ask, like, what, what are you teaching? When well, you teach business, which is such a broad umbrella
0: well <laughs> we have a syllabus and i teach okay I, I i'm constrained well i constrained is probably i, I, I
1: interrupted about, your point i'm sorry
0: no, no, no don't worry i can hold it together i know what my point is so, like the, the- so what you're saying about the with teaching you know what you're saying about thinking and being yeah. able to think and approach a certain in a certain way in teaching and this is a simplification there are a group of people who, in teaching who say teachers should be teaching knowledge to young people because if they learn the stuff, that gives them the foundation to explore other things. Whereas another group of teachers, like if there are two schools of who think, no, 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 you don't teach children knowledge, you teach them ways to think because then then they can they can learn things on the way. They don't need to learn knowledge because they've got Google, they don't need to learn anything because they can go and find it out. Mm-hmm. So you've got these two kind of they're they're kind of opposing, and I think they're called progressive and non-progressive, but I don't really care because I think there are aspects of both that are useful. We, I couldn't talk about marketing without knowing what marketing is. I couldn't have a sensible conversation about how a company should communicate its product to its customers without knowing what marketing is. I, I think there has to be a basis of knowledge, but you have to have the thinking, you don't have to know how, well, you have to know how to think and how to approach a problem and all of that. And I think schools, are finding those two things really hard? Teaching yeah. people how to think is like it's really hard.
1: But you're trying to yeah. fit something into an institution that is—it's not made for that as an institution. The whole system of education is not made for that.
0: Did you go to school? I can't—I don't even know. Did you actually go, yes, to, like, go to school? school? <laughs> I asked that question because one of—I don't know. You're friends, right.
1: I, I did go to school. Yeah.
0: One of our mutual friends—he went to school and he had a Steiner. Education and then he was home schooled, and then he went
1: to democratic school. So I don't, actually don't know that about you yet. No, no, I, like, go- I, I grew up in France, and I went to just regular school in France. I think I was lucky that my primary school teacher for the first couple of years had pretty alternative teaching methods, uh, which oh, okay. were really, really awesome. Um, I, and I say alternative just because I don't know what the name is. I think it's René in France, but I don't know let's call it something closer to Montessori, Montessori style thing, even though it was a state school and she was, I don't know how much she was really supposed to do that or not. But we had a printing press in the class and we had a, a veggie patch oh, and else? we had a, we did all, we made paper and we made poetry and we went to walk in the forest and to look at plants and which I don't wow. think most primary school kids don't do anymore. <laughs> Any, so, don't,
0: that's because we're old.
1: We're it probably is that way. <laughs> Um, another thing I was thinking about is, is the whole uh, jobs are threatened and again, I realize that some of this talk is privileged talk, but then again, if you're young and you can think about this, it is privileged, you're in a privileged position to have time to think about it. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, and uh, so Why, why would you be concerned, this is more in the why would you be concerned about jobs side of things, you know, there's a lot of talk about universal revenue systems at the moment.
0: Universal revenue universal, uh, universal
1: income. income sorry yeah universal yeah. income anyway all that to say if you did have just if your main needs were uh, if you had like if you had a roof over your head and food and just like whatever your basic needs are met that's what I mean mm. if your basic needs are met what would you be doing and do you need a job or or what kind of job or what kind of activity would you be doing and particularly Mm. if you're young and you have a chance to keep to study and to look at that i think it's a very interesting way to i mean maybe it's a hippie-ish way i don't know but (laughs) but i think it's a really interesting way to approach it rather than to think oh I, i want to target that kind of job so i need to do this kind of studies now it might not work for everything because there are specific mm-hmm. kinds of jobs that you uh, that are very regulated, and you need to go through specific studies. So I'm thinking doctor or uh, mm-hmm. or lawyer. But funny enough, those two areas of work are also the most at risk to be transformed the fastest and next really? by yeah by our artificial intelligence.
0: Oh, you mean like diagnosing for a doctor?
1: Wow! And lawyers just <laughs> most of what they do is to go through tons and tons of data which a computer can do so much faster so they're not going to need as many lawyers as physical people very soon
0: that's quite a scary thought i can't and what i tell you what makes it scary is i can't imagine it i can't comprehend it i can't fit it into but just like like two months
1: ago we couldn't imagine that maybe the whole world would be shut down and that (laughs) it would happen it would happen immediately Well, yeah. You look at our environmental movies and people are like, everybody was saying it's not possible. But we all, but it was, I mean, and I'm not saying it's a good or bad thing and I'm not judging, it's not to do with anything of how governments are handling the crisis. That's not what I'm talking about. Mm. But you can see there's none of what we take for granted is real. Very, very little very little, and that's, I'm reaching back the whole story of Harari, which I'm a firm believer in, where we create our own fictions to be mm. inhabiting and functioning as a society, uh, that are mere, that are really just conventions, but we take them for reality.
0: Mm. Sapiens is uh, a great I, book for that, really. Yeah,
1: like, no, it was, the, and, and the I really like it. It's funny, the French don't seem, some, some of the French don't seem to, I, somebody sent me a critic of the book, um, and uh, yeah, they're just like, destroyed it <laughs> at all it's still a bestseller it's like sold everywhere right but some yeah. of the some i don't know there, there's a whole style of intellectualism in france that is hmm. extremely um uh cartesian it's from descartes so it's very um practical i guess
0: well, anyway at the
1: very least elitist
0: and oh, okay, yeah. not
1: very much on um anything to do with uh, well-being so anything to do with closer or further to anything that could be tacked on to thinking, to well-being, to meditation, to personal development mm-hmm. is usually just like criticized because, uh, they don't like that at all. And if it doesn't come from a very big school, it's like not to be taken seriously.
0: Uh, okay, okay. Wh- why?
1: I don't know. Uh, that's a whole other topic. I'm, I'm <laughs> starting to get interested in this. Uh, I think it's just I think it's just snobism. But I'm not sure. <laughs> Could uh, be. I mean, it, the whole it's class just a whole school, really- It's a whole. It's a whole school of thought that comes out of. I, I'm not sure, but that's it's a, it's an undercurrent and trend within French culture. Because I, I, there's I'm definitely sure. a
0: big class thing in, in the UK, in England. Yeah. Like you know, you look at how many of our prime ministers went to Eton and then Oxbridge or all of that. It's like it is. There was also that great website. I I don't know. if I don't think I sent it to you. Somebody has done a, a side scrolling website with one pixel representing a thousand dollars. And then they show different things like the, the, the lifetime income of an American. And then they show Jeff Bezos's wealth, 138 billion with one pixel represented thousand dollars. And you scroll and it scrolls and it scrolls and it's, it's, it's such a great visual representation of how much wealth he
1: actually has it's and ludicrous it, and also but, but those are, those things are good because they're just our brains are too small to yes. comprehend the complexities yes. of the world right now yes and those yes. kinds of numbers and even just yes. everything to do with the crisis which is why it's easy to doubt a lot of things yes uh you can't comprehend how rich jeff bezos is <laughs> even just going through that website scrolling for a while i probably would be like i don't understand what this is about anymore yeah i can only imagine it.
0: With, you know what helped actually me get me get my head around it so our mutual friend that i mentioned earlier adam he said to me or oh, like ask alexa how long is a million seconds and then how long is a billion seconds and then how long is a trillion seconds and when you hear the answers to that it re- it made it real for me in a way that i could go holy moly that is a lot and it, and I think maybe that's a big threat to jobs. The, the inequality,
1: oh, it the, is the completely. The concentration sure. of
0: power and, and money in such a tiny.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, yeah, absolutely.
0: Because yeah. when I say in my classes, one of the things I go on about, like I like to draw. There was one point where I filled the board with hashtags, and because and it got me in trouble, but I'm not going to say how. But I would put things like I put like one of my commonest ones is hashtag. Money doesn't make you happy. And without fail, every single business class that I've taught for I don't know how many years says, yes, it does. Now, it's partly, they're young, they're teenagers. But the other one I put up is tax the rich. Tax the rich. And without fail, of course, I teach in a private school in Surrey, very nice area with, you know, the, pa- the parents and the young people are brought up in a particular way. So when I say tax the rich, they're very much like, no, you can't tax the rich. Those people have worked really hard to get their money. You can't do that. That's the that's really kids bad. in
1: your class say don't tax the rich? Yes,
0: they do.
1: Wow. I mean, I don't know how much it's a matter of area or age. I mean, I was like in a very different area as, as a teenager. I was just like, I went up to March and I was, you know, fight, just going to fight inequalities wherever it was. I don't know if it was me or how I'm brought up or I was certainly not thinking, no, don't tax. I mean, it was like, what's... very interesting
0: i I love the fact that you the look at your face is shock shock and awe
1: (laughs) but yeah yeah, i mean because as a teenager you're you're like i mean i was and i think generally of teenagers is but maybe that's just changing the other generation i'm old it's possible of of being rebellious and wanting to change the world not but that's changed a lot And, and and the the other thing maybe maybe they don't comprehend that not every like actually, the vast majority of people are not Jeff Bezos, and you're not going to be it. And no, there, there's, there's a dream there's being a entertained that you can be, yes,
0: yes, they that's yeah,
1: but that's not what's going to make you happy.
0: That's not what they think. When I say stuff like that, no, I but I, like,
1: I get that that's not what they think. But what do they, what do they think is going to make them happy? Or I'm should we sure. talk about another question you have? I don't know. <laughs> no, no,
0: this it all relates. The biggest threat of jobs, maybe the biggest stretch of jobs is the way young people think don't think like
1: the that's the the... biggest threat to the planet entirely is how young people and people in general don't think a lot of people right now are worried about surveillance and everything else being increased Mm -hmm. in the in the the midst of the pandemic Mm -hmm. uh, and and are more and more afraid so following on to like very serious uh, anti-terrorist laws that are just you know there's a permanent state of emergency and now there's a permanent state of health emergency coming on not, it's not permanent yet, but it's going to be permanent, for sure, because there's going to be another crisis coming up, just like terrorism. Um, so people, are there's more and more people worried that we're living in 1984, the book. Yeah, yeah. Uh, George Orwell, by the way, you should read it if you haven't. Oh, it's amazing. Yeah, of course. read but books. Now, wait, but read books, of course. Uh, but that's not really the real thing. Meanwhile, while we're worried about Big Brother and that kind of dictatorship, very surveillance thing, we're already in Brave New World. Yeah. I'll just Huxley read both. But really, we're yes, already in right. Brave New World. I mean, I look, so it's a weekend in Paris. It's sunny. It's the first week that we're opening up. Uh, the, 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 the country's opening up. Not everything is open yet. And mm. everybody's, anyway, people are just wandering out. And they just want to have a drink by the river, mm. which is understandable. I don't, I'm not criticizing. I want to do that too.
0: Mm.
1: But they're not being particularly just, nobody's being particularly worried about all the other stuff that I talked about and the whole a lot of the premise of brave new world is you know just like make sure that people have the drugs to make them happy and nobody's going to bother questioning anything
0: yeah and stay in your lane kind of stay you're you're this kind of person so be that way yeah i forgot how disturbing that book
1: was. it's I very disturbing
0: so, and so disturbing there's more.
1: and that that's a whole thing of standardizing and harmonizing everybody so that you have the same thing going on uh, and a lot of social media is doing that for us. Even though there's different bubbles, you don't realize, as long as you're just staying in your lane and staying in your bubble, you don't really know your echo on, chamber. So it doesn't matter. Everyone else thinks the
0: same thing as you, so they're
1: your friends. Now, should we all be standardized? Or is part of the beauty of being human, the fact that there's a lot of different views and there's a lot of different pieces of art and there's a lot of different, or should we just like all, you know, I don't know, what do your kids think? Should we all just be the same and, uh, and dream of being a, a social media influencer?
0: You, oh, God, they do that. They they dream of, like, I, I want to be a YouTuber. Oh, yeah, my God. Sure. Like, I mean, the, there's
1: nothing wrong with that, necessarily. But yeah. you also don't know what's going on in people's heads who are YouTubers and how difficult it is to make money out of that. And yeah. as long as your strategy is to make money off of advertising on YouTube, you're failing because the people you're making richer are YouTube first. And yeah. you're getting the scraps. Yeah, Well, I think that and nothing wrong. We're 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 streaming this on YouTube as well, and if ever I can get revenue from YouTube, great. I'll I'll be very happy. But yeah, but the difference. But it's not the goal in life, and it's not the end all, and it's not the way to be happier. To, I mean, I can't say it's not a way to live a life. Why not? There's nothing wrong with it, and I think it's fantastic as a self expression to be able to do that kind of thing. It's awesome. Uh, but there is a whole amount, uh, if not everything, of the way that we're reflected on social media that is a that is just a reflection. It's just only a part of life that we're showing and sometimes curating,
0: yeah, uh, it's if not, not
1: all the time curating. And part of the and I think we talked about this a little bit, and this is taking us on a different direction again. But part of the the tricky, dangerous stuff that goes on is we have so much more opportunity to compare ourselves to everything we're seeing yeah on social media that we that we we didn't have when we were growing up all that much we could compare ourselves to the rich kid living here and the poor kid living there but not um, to every single TV. possible entity, to TV every single possible imaginable channels. thing that's going on and so i'm looking at i'm constantly if i look at what's going on on my youtube or twitter or, or whatever i'm like oh my God, there's this other consultant that I know. He's so much more successful than I am. Mm. What he does is so much smarter, mm. so much better. Oh my God, these other people are going on vacation all the time, it's amazing. I'm not doing mm. that. What am I doing with my life? Why am I such a failure? Blah, 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 blah. It's just like the internal dialogue goes nuts.
0: But I think the, dif- the difference is, it, you said it really well, the, I think that some of the younger people think that it looks great and having the money Is great and that's it. They're not necessarily beginning and maybe it's a maturity thing, I don't know. But some of them are definitely thinking in terms of, oh, to do that career, I need to do this subject at uni, or to get a job in that area, I need to do this subject at uni, I need to study like this and get these grades. It's very, very linear. They're not they're not thinking in terms of, well, if I do these subjects or I understand these subjects, that means I can go here, there, every, I can explore as a way of exploring and discover what I could do and discover a way of providing value to someone and then getting paid for it. But the, that's that's a very, very, that's not the way
1: schools are. No, that's not the way schools are constructed. And uh, schools are constructed in a linear fashion where you go from A to C to, to, to that degree in that direction. So everybody is formatted to think in those ways that you just explained, which is, I'm aiming for this, so I've got to do this plus this plus this and this step and then I'll get there. Except that it doesn't work that way, so when you don't get there, you get disappointed and resentful of the whole system. It doesn't necessarily work that way.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah.
1: And then you just get disappointed about, I don't know, life and everything. So, I mean, there are disappointments in life anyway, for sure. That's part of it, right?
0: But the hyper-reality of social media like multiplies that exponentially that disappointment and resentment. I've experienced that. I I did the same thing like compare I but I I mean yeah the, you said it again the opportunities to compare the ways to compare are so there's so many.
1: Yeah. It's really And, easy and to the know. only the the only uh kind of safety net I've found uh and it's kind of the same that is advised by Harari altogether. and he talks about that very well on for us not to be hacked because that's what's going on all the social media and everything else the algorithms mm-hmm. are hacking the human mind uh, and doing it very well and that doesn't mean they don't know they know what you're thinking personally because they don't mm. need to they just need to be able to nudge a tiny fraction of a large portion of people mm. to be able to better sell advertising or whatever it is they're trying to do you um, the phrase
0: nudge there you might you're gonna i think you should explain that because i love i love that it's a book isn't it nudge
1: it is i haven't read the book but you please talk about the i mean if you want to talk about that that idea you can but i've 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 not read read the i should read the book but i haven't read it
0: it's a great book i've read the book i I read it a few years ago so i I read a few of those books about behavioral economics you know if i could go back and do uni again i would do behavioral economics psychology and economics together economics is like my favorite subject which i don't get to teach i'm a little bit annoyed about but the that idea of nudging people, I, who was, I can't remember who I was talking to this about, but I was saying that the 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 little changes, totalitarianism, like that little it's creeping, it's creeping. And I'm sure I heard I heard Harari talk on Radio 4 and he said that the there's an opportunity now for people to hold governments to account. And that's it's it's a it's a bit of a stark choice, the the I suppose the way we can do that to avoid that descent into totalitarianism is people thinking.
1: Yeah, and that's a tough one. And and he says, and I completely agree that now is the time to really beware of what's going on politically. Except that most people just want to go for a drink; they don't care. That I'm not that they yeah. don't care, but and it's also tough. Like I'm reading a bunch of stuff, and I'm like, what? What can? Well, what, can what does I do? that mean? What can I do exactly? Yeah. I'm not sure.
0: Yeah. Yeah, well, maybe that is the biggest
1: threat to jobs. Oh, so, and I didn't finish my previous point, which was the the only thing I know to do is to get to better know yourself. And there's a variety of ways to do that. Uh, There's a variety of ways to do that, but we can go into the ways, but, you know.
0: So glad that you said that.
1: And and as a teenager, when you're young, you don't know who you are and you're figuring it out. But all the more reason to start looking at the ways to better know yourself as you're developing who you are.
0: Now, the reason that I think I'm so glad I've actually got like the hairs on the back of my neck and I've got slight goose pimples <laughs> that you said that because I say the same thing in school, that the best way to to discover what you, to get a job or to think about uni or to think about life is knowing self-awareness. Mm-hmm. Self-awareness is the best thing that I call it. I think I I've think said it's the best weapon because a lot of the time, The pupils will ask me, I don't know what to do. Should I choose this subject or that subject? What should I do for my A-levels? I'm not sure what I want to do at uni. Should I go to uni? All of those questions. And I I come back to self-awareness. Knowing yourself is the best thing. So I'm really glad you said that. (laughs) I'm really glad you said that. And and that's the only
1: thing that hedges me. So the the times when and that happens to me right the times when I sometimes look as I said earlier and I look at another person doing the same job I do or and have and I'm like oh they're so successful and then it allows me to snap out of it and to go wait and and to take a little bit of um a step back
0: Hmm.
1: not all the time and it doesn't prevent you know just feeling bad sometimes or whatever but but in that case I specifically remember one time last year when I was like wait a minute and and I was like well what am I, am I trying to do what they're doing? <laughs> and I was like, no, I'm not. I'm not trying to do what they're doing. I really like what they're doing. It's very good. But what am I trying to do that is different? And why am I comparing myself to them when what I want to do is not the same thing? Mm. And so then I was left with, I was left with another question. It was like, all right, great. What am I up to? Which I didn't necessarily uh... have an immediate answer to but it got me, snapped me out of comparing myself and feeling bad when I was looking at somebody else's seeming success. I would say seeming because I have no idea what's going on in their head. Maybe they're yeah. thinking they're not successful enough compared to whatever their targets are. or Maybe they're not happy. I have no idea.
0: And in school, it's comparison-based. Everyone's comparing themselves with the other person, the grade they've got, comparing themselves with their target grade, of course. with what they want to get, the whole the whole thing. And it's, and there's a, lot of pressure. Of there's a lot a, of pressure
1: there's peer pressure there's pressure from parents and family there's pressure from I don't know go figure like I don't know like all the different kinds of there's tons it's difficult it's a really difficult time I do not envy being a teenager I don't want to be a teenager again. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I had a lot of fun but when I look at teenagers I'm like yeah okay I'm fine now I don't need to do that again I, I have I have felt
0: that too Like I, I wouldn't want to be a teenager now the, the the pace even like so the, one of the things i've been doing during lockdown with my wife is building lego oh, that's i've built cool. i've built three sets and one of the sets i built was i think i got it when i was about 10 so it's over 30 years old you still have those now. that's awesome yeah
1: yeah so i've built i've moved so, around then, too much I, I don't have a lot of that stuff
0: so, so then we've been building bigger sets together but there's there's something about that
1: what kind of set was it
0: it was it was a car it was a red dune buggy car with suspension on cool. the back i i remember playing rolling up and down the carpet with my dad my dad was also rolling it back he was on all fours we were rolling his car around on the floor there was no tv there was no mobile phones there was no internet well there was tv but like three channels and when i told the kids three chat three channels i remember when channel four was launched it's it's they can't imagine it but that world and that willingness, okay. So, this is, I think this, I'm going to. Do we have another I question?
1: Let's, like, no. How many questions? Well, no, we keep. It doesn't keep matter. Going. Yeah, it doesn't okay. matter.
0: I think we'll just pick one question. But the, this is something I'm, I mentioned to you, something I mentioned to one of my colleagues that the, yeah. that idea of tinkering, playing yes. around with things, the and that ability to think. And so, to loop it back to the question, the biggest yeah. threat to jobs and one of the ways of dealing with it, self awareness and your thinking skills, critical thinking skills, reading books, listening to other people, going deep into something, read allowing this. yourself to get into something. Uh, ooh, I haven't read that
1: book. This is very good. I can't believe, and I, I can't believe I've, I'm only reading it now, and I can't believe I haven't read it before. It's completely nuts. It's been recommended to me tons of times. You He's should a, read this. This is very, very, thinker. very good. Yeah, famous thinker and famous um, thinker of a. Uh, uh, ah, i don't know how to say it Pedagog pedagogy pedagogy it's the pedagogy. pedagogy it's pedagogy <laughs>
0: study of teaching
1: yes the study of teaching that's what it's about it's very very good oh let to uh, have a look at that yeah
0: but the that that
1: I'm the, this as well. recommended that. by Adam that's a great book yeah
0: that's yeah, great i that think one? i think the other one's better oh, i'm also reading this but i can not remember
1: this is a whole different thing this is political french uh my brother gave it to me this is talking. This is talking about. Uh, this is talking about how we should, population should take over creating you know, our own constitution. And what if what if we what if we organized our society from the bottom up, so that we have a strong foundation rather than looking to somebody to elect somebody at the top and hope that they mm-hmm. do the best possible. So the, in short, I mean I'm only at the beginning of this one, but. Uh, he's like well you know we organize elections into democracy and hope that one person is going to deal with everything and it's like it's like starting it to build a house by putting the roof together which doesn't really work
0: <laughs> well, that's true that playbook Stuart brown i think the other guy whose name i can't remember wrote a much better book about play i can see his face he's written on psychology today he's written about uh, unschooling i can't remember his name
1: Oh, you have I to send it to me because I need to read that too. I mean, I want to read that. But yes, playing around and tinkering and thinking about different things in different ways. Uh, I mean, I'm big, big partisan of that uh, for sure.
0: Yeah, me too. And the the, the story I was going to mention was that yes. the, at school the I grew up playing with Lego. And I remember having my computer. I, I tell the kids this, they can't imagine it. My computer was 64K of memory. <laughs> And then I had to explain how much it is, a meg. No, I was Amstrad, my dad okay. bought an Amstrad, with a tape cassette thing to load the games, but typing in programs in basic into that to get, you know, all of that. And then the line wouldn't work, or like following Lego instructions, why is this working? Oh, I to turn it around and whatever. That that approach to trying lots of different ways of doing things, the younger, the younger ones I teach, so they're like 11, 12, 13. I will set a homework and I'll say, Attach the file, just upload the file to this, you know, and then I'll mark it. How do you upload the file? Well, how do I attach the file? Uh, they don't know how to do it. They, they can use Instagram, Snapchat, whatever it is, but they not know how to attach a file on a computer. Or like we're using Microsoft Teams, which I have to say is pretty good. Okay. And a lot of the time in the video lesson, I'm explaining how to do something. So go to the class notebook. Where's that? With, there's a tab on the top. Click class note, but then open it in a browser. How do I do that? Well, when you click it, like, and then all things that I've learned instinctively from growing up with computers and seeing how technology has changed, whereas they've come in the internet, computers, that whole design thing is fully developed, and they're just using it. So the, my my current comment I'm saying to people is that Apple has spoiled young people because they use an Apple iPhone. I don't like Apple. You use Android as well, don't you?
1: Yeah. Your Android I mean, but I have a people. MacBook. So I oh use, I'm use. i a hybrid. I'm just giving my info to everybody.
0: I, I used to use, I tried Apple MacBook. I've gone back to Windows. But the, the, Maybe the, I should I think, go back
1: to Windows one day. I don't know.
0: The flexibility, I prefer it. So you, you get an Apple iPhone, young people, they get an Apple iPhone, it just works. They don't have to dis- discover and try a million different ways to, to, to get things to work. They have to have that problem-solving way of doing things they don't have. So, and it shocked me at first that they didn't upload a file or know how to attach it to email or access the OneDrive drive and the cloud and all of that oh you have to download the file before you attach it how do i do that
1: yeah they don't know that no because no. they never. It's, no, but all the all those big companies talking about jeff bezos and everybody else how do you i mean they're rich in it's funny actually i'm just i'm, I'm thinking this right now but in, a, in certain ways, uh, society and businesses have gone back to the idea of medieval times where architects were organized around Freemasons because they had to keep their secrets from people, the secrets of building stuff. So in the same way, there's garden and walled gates, uh, and everything's organized so that it's very, very easy for you to do everything, but the knowledge is kept within and secret. not It's not secret. You can go find out about it because you can find out about all the knowledge, but If we make it so that you don't need to, you just like use your app so it's like playfully done together. You don't understand what is happening when you open an app Mm. and where files are and everything is kept within their walled garden. You have to go back to Apple or to Google or to whatever. And like we briefly talked about that yesterday and I said, you know, cars are the same way in which there used to be an engine and people used to tinker with engines. Mm -hmm. It's not so much my thing, but a lot of a lot of people did that. Now you open a car, it's all electronics and it's closed off just like a computer is and you can't touch anything. It's just like, it's all covered up. it's You don't have access to the engine in the way that you used to.
0: So that, so that younger people, maybe, younger people don't get the opportunity to tinker and play and develop their skills and thinking in the way that maybe other generations did.
1: Yeah, and I don't know how many, I don't know, but I certainly would encourage people uh, young people and parents if they're listening to be to be doing that and and, and again i realize even Mm -hmm. saying this that it's a very privileged position to be able to have the time or the space or the thought to do that because a lot of people kids and families are just under a huge amount of pressure just going to the job making enough money to make food to come and clean and just it's just exhausting and the vast majority Mm -hmm. of people are in this situation Mm -hmm. uh another reason why if and, and actually not all the teenagers have time for this but it's certainly if you if you're lucky enough to have that time as a teenager and play around then mm. then take some of it to think to to do that because a lot of other teenagers have to i don't know clean the house and cook and take care of the younger siblings or whatever there's a lot of that going on so so, so you're saying take the time to play or
0: absorb
1: take, play? i mean certainly i would say take the time to play that's for sure uh but take time to play and take time to to think about you know like how can i find out more about who i am and who i'm becoming Mm. Um, and i ideally i think the education system most of the systems count on or hope that parents are going to do that yeah um which is not always the case and and parents are busy because they're trying to make ends meet and uh but certainly stepping away from the computer, stepping away from the screens of any kind, even though I'm very much on screens. And you don't, I mean, not necessarily stepping away from the screens, but just getting an active participation and tinkering with whatever you're doing rather than just consuming passively something.
0: So that two, means... There's two other things that, I, that I'd want to add to that. One yeah, is that sure. uh, I read Deep Work by Cal Newport.
1: Yeah, I, I have and it. I haven't read it yet. It's, it's really I heard good. it was really,
0: it's really good. good. It's really good. And he talks about getting good at learning difficult things quickly mm. and so many certainly a lot in school but certainly with the people I know and my friends we want to get good at something but trying to get good we want to get at things quickly but we're not willing to be terrible and unless you're and I know this from martial arts practice from playing guitar like being willing to be terrible is how I get good being willing to struggle the the. The struggle of trying to get my head around it is how I get really good at it and in some of my video lessons I've had parents in the lesson with me. and they're not on video but like I've heard parents in this so I started joking about and saying I might interact with the, with a pupil and say like me questioning you you are helping everybody because everybody's listening and any parents that are on the lesson with me you're getting to learn as well so it's but but the the parents are not willing to let them struggle. as a process of learning so deep work he talks a lot about the getting good at learning difficult things quickly really important and he lays out a whole way of doing that and the other thing is which I think loops back to why we started this live stream and the question about what's the biggest threat to jobs another way apart from knowing yourself is mentors one of a couple of things that made a huge difference to me in my career in changing from Working in marketing to be a teacher is having brilliant mentors and then being like a sponge around them. I shared an office for three or four years with the deputy head, the previous deputy head of the school, and his brain was amazing. And he informally, I just, he was my mentor. And like, I just, he, he actually mentored me when I was a training teacher for like a term. And I learned so much from him. I just, Talked it all up about his approach and I took put my own spin on it and so much of how I am and why the way I am as a teacher is from his ideas and I think finding great mentors is another way and, and listening to them and learning from them and taking their own ideas for yourself is another way of exploring and learning about yourself and your possible career and into the future have you who are your mentors have you had any great mentors that stood out for you
1: Sure. Uh, just one, before I answer, one small thing as we're getting towards the end of this I thing. I know, I know. Just, I just realized that I'm not recording the I'm not recording the audio on the video. We're still live on YouTube, presumably, uh, but I closed all my tabs, so I have no idea what's going on. But I think there's there might be people watching us, there might not, I have no idea. I don't, I don't know if I've enabled or disabled the comments in the chat, so there might be people chatting and I have no idea. <laughs>
0: Well, we we when we when we were testing for this, we did try looking at the video live as well as being on this Zoom
1: call. Yeah, which doesn't too, work.
0: Can't do it, it, it got too trippy. Yeah. Too complicated. So does that um, mean we don't but, have a recording of this?
1: So so, so the, I had forgotten that I could so I wanted to record so through Zoom, which we're having call through, uh, and there's gonna be the logo on YouTube. We can't do much about that right now. I was planning to record it. Yeah. In addition to on my on my computer locally, so that we had the audio and the video of it, but I'm not doing that. So it's streaming live. It will be on YouTube, presumably, okay, if it all works. <laughs> but but I don't have a local recording because I was like, oh, maybe I can use the video or use the audio for my podcast or something else. But be it's the pilot. Up, it? We can we can see how that worked out. You know, and it's the do. pilot. It's the
0: pilot episode, the origin story. <laughs> yeah. we don't know if we're going to get funding to do an entire season, but you know. <laughs> <laughs> Having just discovered Community, oh I God. can't
1: believe you only just discovered Community. You're into a treat. It's, it's so re- good. It's
0: it's really bad because I'm such a massive Rick and Morty fan. And no, but guy... it's okay.
1: It's great. It's great that you are seeing it now. It's such a fantastic show. Oh. It has. I'm I've been rewatching it since the beginning of the year, and uh, and even I discovered it late. I watched it in 2012. Three years. It was the third season. how, nice was like, how have I not discovered this thing before? Uh, but it goes very weird and bad at some point because Don Harmon left, and there's, uh, you know,
0: Rick Rick and Lori is still amazing. I, I mean, it's so I love good. That. I
1: can't wait to see the new episodes. Did you see that it's created some like controversy around th- uh, the last episode that just aired last week? Apparently, mm-hmm. they they went they went too far for one of the jokes. They made it. They made jokes about Pearl Harbor and or and or nine eleven. <laughs> Somehow, <laughs> I don't. I haven't seen it. But I saw a headline saying, you know, <laughs> Rick and Morty fans say it's it's gone too far and they're calling to boycott the show. No,
0: they're just <laughs> stupid fanboys. It can never go too far. That's the whole point of the show.
1: Well, it's just like clickbaiting baiting headlines. Um, to answer your question, mentors. Yes, absolutely. Yes. First thing is like, surround yourself and find great people all together. Yeah. And I've said this. Uh, I've made myself available for coffees and chats for graduate students and people looking for jobs or, or freelancers during the time of, I mean, um somebody put anyway so people looking for jobs in my area and strategy Mm -hmm. and marketing and advertising so i've had conversations along the same lines and i've said the same thing and this works for any kind of area yeah now when you're looking for a job or whenever you're ready and you're interviewing and stuff like that the the most important thing is to ideally if if you have an ideal situation the most important is to try to Mm -hmm. find a great person who's going to teach you a lot of great things yeah Uh, now it's very difficult to figure that out in one or two interviews and sometimes you just have an opportunity and you have to take it because it's an opportunity for a job mm-hmm. uh, now. And who are my, who were my mentors? I was lucky that some of the reasons I'm trying to make time for people is one, I believe in it and, I, and people who were generous with their time allowed me to get to where I am and to train mm-hmm. in the jobs I've mm-hmm. had. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I, I really deeply believe in that kind of thing for sure. So I just like give my time and listening to anybody who, asks me as much as i can um and so let's see mentors uh and there's been a lot of people along the way because i've changed careers like four times so while my my so my first my first kind of proper career job when i was training to do design work and after i I dropped out of university because I was just like doing odd jobs and, and and I just got bored with it. And the mm. French academic, very theoretical way, it was not really working out for me. And I started working in a bar and I thought it was a lot more interesting and I was making some money. And then, I, you know, I was struggling through the end of my degree that I never actually finished. <clears throat> I was studying art and, um, and cinema, actually, um, which I'm looking now, maybe finishing that. But anyway, I, I worked in a bookstore and then and then i went back to school but doing part-time trade part-time school part-time work and that really worked for me is a lot more practical and in that job i i was working with a dude called francois who i think i heard still has the same job and so he taught me and he was self-taught in graphic design and uh, computer graphics and uh, doing 3d design working Mm -hmm. for the small events marketing agency and what we were doing was uh the 3d presentation like so, you know, if you go to a big conference, you have uh, companies have uh, exhibition booths that are oh, yeah, branded yeah. and sometimes have all sorts of fancy stuff. So we mm-hmm. would design that in 3D to sell the projects to clients. Oh, okay. Uh, and we also did some just quite simple, um, uh, um, I mean, not simple, but we did office space, interior, office interiors. So we were designing the office interior before it was redesigned. So he was somebody who taught me a lot. Uh, and that's he, I'm counting him definitely as a mentor, and I hadn't thought about him for a while. But there's been, I've been lucky to have people like that. There's one person who I also interviewed for my podcast called George Nime. and George uh, was, when I transitioned to look to, uh, for a job in strategy and advertising, he's the one who gave me a shot. And Wow. Yeah, and you need that one
0: person to give you a shot. Yeah. It's amazing what a difference that makes.
1: Yeah, and he has a fantastic, like, really fascinating story of having been... In digital marketing during the first dot com uh, bubble and burst. Uh, and yet he was working at, uh, for big newspapers doing the like setting up the first advertising and digital side and the first website, I think for the New York Times, if I remember correctly. I might be misquoting that. But I, yeah. and now he has his own agency. He's based in Vienna, uh, Austria. And I went to see him a few years ago and we had, we recorded that conversation that we had for the podcast, which is, was really a lot of fun. And then uh, I'm just like, this is a dipstick. Uh, There's uh, another person who I interviewed also for my podcast. No, actually, there's a bunch of people. that A lot of the people I talked to from my podcast were somehow influential. I I don't know how much I would place them as mentors, but certainly people who I learned from and uh, who inspired me and who helped me in in various ways. And most of the people who work in my line of work that I talked to for my podcast were Mm -hmm. along those lines. Uh, And there's another person who is not on my podcast, but Jonathan Daly, who... I worked with in uh, Singapore uh, when I was working for the advertising agency Sachi and Sachi. I learned a lot of the craft of what I'm doing uh, now with him, and he's just extremely smart and a fantastic, just an awesome person. Um, yeah, I learned a lot from him as well. So, so yeah, I don't, I, you know, I, I've had definitely mentors. That just surround yourself with great people.
0: Yeah. And sometimes
1: you're gonna have bad experiences with people who are difficult, which may or may not do. anything to do with them inherently maybe they're just having a bad day but surround yourself with good people and i mean but that is very much my thing so i'm completely biased in the way that i'm saying that but it works (laughs) be good and surround yourself with good people
0: that yes yeah so we got like a few more minutes to finish this up the question we started with yes what's the biggest threat to jobs automation Maybe people's own thinking. Maybe that narrowness and focusing on just trying to get money. Money doesn't make you happy. Some ways to deal with it: know yourself, get great mentors, surround yourself with with great people, and I don't know, like read book, read books, read, read books,
1: books. Yeah, read, read books. for sure. We're just going to repeat that. Should we just call it read books, I, books and I,
0: I don't know. I say it all <laughs> the time. Read a book. No,
1: so they don't read. Is that what's going on? <sighs>
0: They don't read books. They might read like I number gateway of times things. Gateway things. Might, well, yeah, but like they.
1: I'm a, I'm a firm believer in there's gateway things to get you to read books. That might be comic really? strips. That might be a book that is in somehow interesting to you. There's gateways to get into it.
0: I hope so because I, I maybe we should talk about that because another point. But the, yeah, sure. The they want they want to know. I talk about a book I've read and they go, "Oh, is there a film of it?"
1: Oh, hey, hey! I love, I love films as well. I absolutely I do, too. do. I do too. But yeah, and you the, should read books.
0: Oh, read books. Yeah. The, but, oh, I get, I get very frustrated with that. You know, like there's a couple. I think I want, I want to end with this. Like the, I was thinking as you were talking about, as we were talking about politics and government and stuff. I kept thinking about Star Wars, sure. and the bit I think is episode three, the
1: Galactic Senate, or
0: yeah yeah where there's that quote this is how liberty dies to thunderous applause like all that stuff about surveillance and
1: people there's a lot people- of that going on and a lot of governments are uh, passing and anyway yeah there's a whole other the, conversation the creeping.
0: i just thought of that like um that might be a good place to end with star wars quote sure <laughs> <laughs> And this week's T-shirt is Listen to Black
1: Sabbath. I should have worn a T-shirt. I was like, I thought you were going to dress up, but I just put a shirt on, but it's okay. it's the weekend. So, yeah, should we just finish on? um, Well, you can find my stuff over at Ice Cream for Everyone. uh, My main website, that's www.icecreamforeveryone.net, everything spelled out, or you can go on your favorite podcast app. You don't even need to understand how to upload a file. You could just, like, open your podcast (laughs) app in your iPhone. (laughs) you do have to type in you do have to type in ice cream for everyone so there is that little tricky thing Uh, they're even on YouTube actually so on the same channel you're watching this you can look at all my podcast episodes or the vast majority of them anyway I think almost all of them yeah Um, leave a comment
0: let us know what you thought of this my main way of communicating for you guys is Twitter and pupils have discovered my Twitter and my YouTube channel jamesdesuza76 and I'm on Twitter at
1: Ice Key So I and letters I and C for ice cream and Villem W I L L E M on Instagram and Twitter. I'm not tweeting all that much these days, but I'm around.
0: Yeah. I tend to tweet about teaching, thinking, books I've read, that kind of stuff. What do you tweet about, Villem?
1: What tweet? do I tweet about?
0: Yeah.
1: Anything. Anything. Whatever I'm interested in, vaguely strategy and marketing, advertising related, sometimes if I'm in the mood for it. If you, I mean, if you go back into my tweets, you'll find all sorts of crazy stuff. Yeah, me too. It's not a good idea. Don't go back to my <laughs> tweets. <laughs> Great. Thank you. Thank you Always very a pleasure much. pleasure to talk. Absolutely. Let's go offline. Off